0: Hello, and welcome back to OA on Air, the official podcast of O'Neill & Associates, and it is our 20th episode. We're very excited. I'm Kyan Isaacson, and this week on OA on Air, we're talking Boston sports and events, social media and business on 321 Go, and we have an interview with Fred Schock, executive director of the head of the Charles Regatta. And in two minutes with Tom, we're talking more Boston sports and happenings. First up, 321 Go.
1: Let's talk about something important. Hello, and welcome to 321 Go on OA on Air, where each week we take a brief but purposeful look at three compelling topics in the world of public affairs, business, government, culture, and the economy. I'm your host, Cosmo Macero. And this is our 20th episode. (laughs) Woo-hoo! In this installment of 321 Go, the once mighty retail giant Sears has filed for bankruptcy as the company continues to close store locations and eliminate jobs across the U.S. Will the store that for generations sold everything to everyone soon be selling nothing to nobody? We'll discuss. And... As if an exciting Red Sox playoff run, a dominating Celtics home opener, and yet another strong Patriots start wasn't enough, Boston fans have the world's biggest rowing regatta coming up and the biggest night of championship boxing in the city's history. It's all happening this weekend of October 20th and 21st. We'll help you get ready. Finally, when people think a hashtag sounds and looks weird, does that mean it's a mistake or a stroke of marketing genius? A new program designed to jumpstart families' college savings has prompted that very conversation. We'll explain. Joining me here on three, two, one, go is Cayenne Isaacson. Hello. The official voice of OA on air, Cayenne. Twenty episodes of this thing. What do you say?
0: We're still alive and kicking. Still kicking. And still having going.
1: fun. Absolutely. All right. Good to see you. Let's get to it. All right, Cayenne. Let's start with Sears, the once dominant retail chain literally changed how Americans shop and live, has filed for bankruptcy. They've been in tough straits for quite some time. It's a 132-year-old company. Uh, I think every American family has some memorable experience with how they've shopped at Sears over the years. They've been struggling for years and drowning in debt. Last draw, $134 million debt payment. It was due this past week. They couldn't make the payment. Um, Sears Holdings Company, Uh, Holds both Sears and Kmart. Uh, Dozens and dozens of retailers, uh, certainly no surprise, uh, have prominent ones have declared bankruptcy, uh, have uh, sustained uh, various types of difficulties because of the era of Amazon. Right now, just factually, 700 stores remain open. The company still has about 68,000 workers. It's amazing. Uh, Down from 1,000 stores, down from 90,000 employees. As recently as February 2018, uh, Cayenne Sears has just never been able to adjust uh, and maybe it's kind of like turning around the Queen Mary in the Charles River or whatever the analogy is. Um, never been able to adjust, and uh, it, it, it's pretty amazing. This is not a rapid, rapid decline; it's a slow but progressive decline. What do you think? Uh, and, and, and maybe more significantly, just from the perspective of uh, of our listeners, what's your experience been uh, with uh, with Sears over the years? And is it is it even part of your retail customer life anymore.
0: I have been to Sears stores, um, but I don't think I have the sort of emotional kind of tie to it that, you know, other generations do. It certainly was not like the store of my youth by any any stretch. Yeah. Um, but it's an Amazon world, right? It, really an Amazon Prime world that they really just couldn't figure out a way to compete with. Um, and we're seeing it happen to stores all over the place, not just Sears. I mean, Kmart's been um, owned by Sears Holdings, has been shuttering stores for quite some time. Uh, We're seeing different stores change the way that they do business. Um, You know, grocery stores are now delivering. Target now delivers. You can order ahead and pick up. I think Walmart is now doing something similar. Everybody's realizing that less and less people wanna go into these big brick and mortar stores to walk around looking for the things that they need when they can just, do it on click of a button on their phone while they're doing something else. Yeah, Brooke right now could be ordering something from Amazon to be delivered tomorrow. Yeah,
1: I while mean, we sit I mean, here. I think that Sears, between its 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 very large re- traditional retail stores, uh, the Sears catalog, which is a whole other category of, and it really is. Was yeah, it, I have a, no a, memories of the you know, Sears catalog. Sears Roebuck and Com- Roebuck and Company, the f- the, the full name, the this, this Chicago-based company. A uh, lot of memories of my youth shopping with my family, with my mom and my grandmother at Sears and Porter Square or at Burlington Mall or at Ke- or down at, uh, at, um, uh, at, at near Kenmore and Fenway. Um, it, it really was probably many, many years, generations before people talked about experiential uh, shopping. It, 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 that's really what it was. Um, and it was everything from tools to toys to clothing to housewares to appliances. That idea of all the modern comforts of home, everything you needed to be a member of the middle class or upper or, or beyond in America, you got it at Sears, and, uh, and it was a great experience. And they've just never been able to recover. I think it's um, it's a really a part of American retail history. It's a part of American cultural history, and um, you know their CEO has not been able to turn this around. Um, Though he said, you know, they say that by filing for bankruptcy, it'll make them more competitive and profitable. It, it'll make them more profitable. I, I don't think it'll make them more competitive unless there's a complete reinvention of their business model. And their business model was something that really was from a different time. Is a cliche. It was a different time. It really was. But uh, it's sad to see, and we'll see how it plays out. But a um, a, a milestone moment in American business history. When when the mighty Sears is filing for bankruptcy.
0: And I think we've, uh, just quickly, I think we've seen that in the press coverage too, is that people have an emotional sort of feeling about Sears. So the closing, I think people are reacting to a little bit differently than perhaps other stores, um, like a sports authority or Radio Shacks that have gone out of business. But, yeah. you know, the Toys R Us and Sears and pe- hit people at home. Glad of you really that. like, yeah. what do we do when there's no toy store to to take our kids to? And, you know,
1: uh, great example, and it two. helps
0: with it helps yeah. with how they unroll the bankruptcy and and sort of the press and and mitigate that. They know that it's t- kind of tugs at people's heartstrings a little Those bit. Those
1: are two stores that are really part of the American family experience for many many people, and, and, and there's a real sadness uh, when when they're gone. All right, Cayenne, thanks very much. <laughs> All right, Cayenne. We're in public relations, right? O'Neill and Associates love it when we get to do new pro- get to be involved in new projects and new things that we haven't really done a lot of, um, and, and fun I, stuff and too. fun stuff too. Right in the middle of it, right now, this weekend, big weekend. On top of it all, you got the Red Sox, you got the Patriots, you got the Celtics and Bruins starting. Now you've got this week weekend traditionally head of the Charles regatta, Saturday, Sunday, October twentieth, twenty first, the biggest. Um, uh, race of its kind, basically in the world, just so happens it will set a record this year for economic impact. Um, uh, McKinsey and Company and the Greater Boston Convention and Visitors Bureau projected at 72 million in spending. That's huge, and it's a record for the head of the Charles. Um, and we've been working on the public relations, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, and, and, and a real classic New England and Boston event. And looking so like it's
0: going to have some great weather, And, and there's going some- to be a little bit warmer, but the sun will be out on Sunday.
1: Exactly. Terrific fall, October weather. So that's coming up. Uh, and again, we've had some exposure to that, a lot of fun. And then, of course, Fight Night Boston, Saturday night, October 20th. Another new thing for us that has been very exciting. Um, as we sit here now, we are preparing for the weigh-in at the Boston Harbor Hotel, which is a lot of fun. That's where there's traditionally kind of some squaring off, some skirmishing between the, the combatants. Um, that's coming up. This is going to be the biggest night of championship boxing in the city of Boston's history. TD Garden, October 20, the Saturday Night Fight Night Boston, sponsored by or promoted by Murphy's Boxing. Ken Casey of the Dropkick Murphys right here in Boston. Um, big, big night, so that's going to be exciting.
0: It's just a fun weekend in Boston.
1: It is. It really is. Lots to do. Lots to do. Get out there this weekend. Uh, some terrific stuff. Uh, and, and two things that we're right in the middle of the Head of the Charles Regatta and Fight Night Boston.
0: And if anybody's looking for information about tickets or how to attend these events for boxing, you can go to Murphy'sBoxing.com. And for the Head of the Charles, head on over to HOCR.org. <laughs>
1: Finally, Kayanne, here's a great idea. In order to promote college savings, what if the Commonwealth of Massachusetts deposited $50 for every child, every every child born, into a 529 college savings plan if you open that account? Great idea, right? Great way to start things off. Fantastic idea. Terrific. Way to encourage people. New program, Treasurer Deb Goldberg sponsoring, Boston Mayor Marty Walsh on board. And it's getting a lot of attention uh, because they've got quite a hashtag it's called seed MA baby as in as in seed the future of I a mean, Massachusetts newborn or mm-hmm. a, a child so it's seed ma baby hashtag um, and it's got a lot of attention because if you say it just quick enough it's it's, it's kinda, interesting it's kind of funny it is yeah seed my baby
0: and I don't know if it was intentional or not but well played I think the bigger purpose here is we're talking about it Right, we're talking about defi- it right now. I don't know necessarily that we would have picked that as a topic um, this week to to discuss if the the hashtag hadn't been kind of so interesting and and fun to talk about. Yeah. Um. And at the end of the day,
1: that's what you want. How do you, how do you define marketing success, PR success, or genius or brilliance? Something that everyone is talking about, whether Absolutely. it seems hokey or weird or you can say it in funny voices, you can say it fast. People are Um, tweeting about it. People are tweeting about it. Uh, The treasurer's office has sort of got in on the joke a little bit themselves and said, yeah, you know, maybe we should uh, fund a college education to learn about uh, digital marketing and hashtag. uh, Or maybe not.
0: Maybe they're doing just fine.
1: But either way, um, boy, they shouldn't change it because uh, people will not forget it. And it's associated with a really good program.
0: It is. And I think, you know, for all the – <clears throat> the, the jokes that have been made, um, and you can go through Twitter to, to see them, but uh, it's really getting back to people need to know about this program. A program like this is only as good as the people that know to take advantage of it. And um, if making it go viral with a fun hashtag is the way to do it, then, you know, well done, I guess, uh, Treasurer's Office and Mayor's Office. And really, it's, it really is such a great program. Too, and, and I don't, you know, people shouldn't miss that. In sort of amidst the jokes and the laughter, is uh, encouraging people to save for their kids' college savings. Phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I, it, if you think about little marketing stunts and or things that have, that you could poke fun at, but are actually been very successful. I think of IHOP. Right, remember the IHOP I I a couple of months ago, International House of Burgers. IHOP. We're changing <laughs> our name, and people ridiculed that and made fun of it. And guess what? Everyone was talking about IHOP. And I bet a, I bet, a, I bet millions of people or hundreds of them, many people at least said, oh, I'm going to go to IHOP and, 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 and try a burger because yeah. it was on their mind. Yeah. You know, simple.
0: It's K- the power of a hashtag. K- a not couple be of underestimated. years ago,
1: you know, KFC, people were like, what is up with KFC and their bizarre Twitter handle? They're following, like, the Spice Girls. and Well, they were following – all five Spice Girls and six people name Herb, right? Eleven herbs, herbs and spices. <laughs> Marketing genius, right? It's, yeah. It sounded off, starts off as a hokey idea and becomes brilliance just because of the way uh, American culture absorbs it. And I think we get a little bit of that with Seed M A Baby. I'm struggling to not say it in a variety <laughs> of funny voices because because I am.
0: But it, it does. It speaks to the power of social media, the power of going viral, um, and the power of harnessing hashtags, handles, things like that, that you know, some people aren't really thinking of. You, you, we've seen recently a lot of celebrities, when they've got something new coming out, a new movie or a new album, are clearing their Instagram yeah. and their Twitter in blank slate. And all of a sudden, everybody's wondering why. And they're paying attention to somebody that maybe they really weren't paying attention to before. All done just on social media and the you can't put a price on it
1: yeah agreed all right i say uh, bravo to the treasurer's office for commanding attention and dominating the conversation about this new program whether they meant to or not um all right then kyan that's going to do it for this week's edition of three two one go our twentieth episode, uh, and our twentieth episode of O A on air. Lots of yeah. other stuff lined up for this for this week's program. And so, we've had uh, thank a lot.
0: I really want to, for a moment. I was thinking we've had some really great guests. Oh my goodness! So far in just twenty weeks.
1: Yeah, um, we have, and, and and there's many more to come. So uh, uh, thanks to all our listeners, much appreciated. All right, three, two, one, go. Was recorded in Studio One a just off the historic Tip O'Neill Room at our building in the heart of Government Center, Boston, Massachusetts. Thanks for listening. Goodbye till next time. I'm Cosmo Macero.
0: That's all for 321 Go. Up next, an interview with Fred Schock of Head of the Charles.
2: Hi, I'm Chase Schaub, an account executive here at O'Neill & Associates, and I'm joined today by Fred Schock, the director of the head of the Charles Regatta. Good morning. Thanks for coming in today, Fred. Absolutely. So, you've been involved with rowing for a really long time. Uh, Tell our listeners a little bit about your background in the sport.
3: Well, how long do you have? (laughs) Um, I I was born into a rowing family, so my father was a rowing coach at Princeton University, and I was actually born and raised in Princeton, but uh, long legacy of, uh, of rowing. I followed in my father's footsteps and rowed at the University of Washington in Seattle, um, the setting of the boys in the boat book. And, um, the rest is history. I, I went, uh, had the good fortune to go to a boarding school in Connecticut that had rowing called Kent School. And then I, I returned to Washington and then coached for many years, 15 years or so at, at Princeton Navy in Georgetown. And then, uh, have been at the head of the Charles ever since. So, so what is it really about rowing that
2: has made you love the sport?
3: I don't know. I, I think um, being on the water, I was out on the water this morning um, doing a um, uh, sort of an audit of the course with the DCR, and I was speaking to my uh, counterpart there and, and just mentioned how I appreciated uh, the nature uh, of being on the water and, and looking at the swans. And, and I row daily myself and compete still uh into my 60s here i I get to row in the head of the charles every year which is fun um we've had our share of victories and and now we're getting long in the tooth so the victories are harder to earn but um it's still fun but i think you know just being on the water and and then being physically active yeah yeah Yeah. so how did your involvement begin then with the head of the charles um i was coaching at georgetown and and uh, was looking around for another coaching position and this opportunity came up to uh Uh, apply for a job in on the Hudson River with then pre-Governor George Pataki and um, I started a regatta on the Hudson in Peekskill in Peekskill Bay um, with George and um, his chief legal counsel. It was a lot of fun and the head of the Charles noticed what I had done there and they were looking at that time 1990-91 for a full-time director and um, I applied and was lucky enough to get hired. Great, so with the regatta coming up
2: on the 20th and 21st of, of October, uh, your team has a lot going on right now. But, yeah. but before we get into that, um, a lot of people don't know sort of the, the year-round preparation that goes into a regatta of this size. So talk a little bit about what, what your
3: team does leading up to the regatta. Well, if we start in the present and then and work uh, the rest of the calendar uh, backwards, um, right now we're, we're in the eye of the storm, as it were. Um, we have a race Uh, committee of uh, 12 people who oversee a race ops group um, of about 85 and they're gonna oversee 1800 volunteers on the weekend so we we as you witnessed the other night have dinners every Tuesday night and um, talk about uh, all the logistics that go into hosting you know 11,000 rowers from 24 nations and all the, you know, the, you know, the nitpicky details that you have to get right with, with the police security and communications and the vendor tents. And so it is, uh, I've likened my career to being a massive w- wedding planner for one weekend a year. And, it, and sometimes it feels like that. But the rest of the year is a little bit more even paced. Um, we do sponsor audits because uh, we ought to keep our sponsors happy so they come back and help us support the regatta. Um, we real, refill seats on leadership positions on the regatta, and a lot of the time I spend off-season um, working with our partners and looking for new ones. Yep,
2: yep. So you talked a little bit about this, but, but sort of with the the final countdown on, uh, what are sort of the big things that, that you and the team have to do now with the last few weeks leading up to
3: Well, the, the-, the big deadlines, of course, are the entries. Um, we, we, we've had both of our entry deadlines now, and so... Uh, the crews are, uh, know who's coming. Um, they're, they're working on their logistics and their final training preparation um, for the regatta. Um, the tents will start going up next week. Um, again, working with the DCR, we'll, we'll be working on the banks of the Charles River to make it uh, suitable for spectators. We'll have over 100,000 people a day uh, come down to the river, and there's so much to see and to do. Um, a lot of different partners will probably have... Uh, in addition to our major sponsors, we have another 90 to 95 small, what we call patron uh, sponsors. And they will be giving away products or selling food, um, that sort of thing. So it's, it's, a, it's a festival. We call it our, our sort of moniker uh, 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 is the America's Fall Rowing Festival. And there, there is a lot for the audience um, in Boston, I should say, the uh, spectators from all around uh, New England to come and see and do just like you would if you were coming to see the tall ships. Right, right. Uh, so, so off of that, let's let's talk about the the spectators a little
2: bit. Obviously, one of the really unique things about the head of the Charles is the course itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the bridges that that obviously are big obstacles that the rowers have yeah. to avoid. Yes. Uh, so, talk a little bit about the course that the head of the Charles takes.
3: Well, the, the Charles River is the the ideal. Um, uh, physical uh, challenge for rowers because it, it does have three reverse turns and seven bridges, as you allude to, uh, which they have to uh, navigate. So it's not only the, the sculling boats that are not being steered by uh, a specific person in the stern called the coxswain, um, but then you have the sweep boat. So it is really a course that you can gain time if you know the river well. It's, there is a home course advantage uh, definitely, if you're a, a competitor uh, and you train in Boston, you have a big advantage over out-of-towners. Right. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's also good in the fact that it's always protected from the wind. Um, only, we've only had one cancellation in 54 years, and uh, we only had two short courses where we had to shorten the course. Um, the only thing that can really stop us from the, uh, putting the regatta on is, a, is a, a, a east wind, which we just had a meeting about last week. Um, probably 15 to 20 miles an hour, east wind rolls acro- you know, out of the ocean and, and makes the basin where the, the boats stage unrollable. Right, right. So for people that are out there listening to the podcast, they're planning on attending the regatta, Uh, in your view, where are really the best places to watch the regatta this year? It's sort of the mid-course is the best place to watch it. So right out of Harvard Square, that Anderson Bridge um, reach between uh, the Weld area, the Weeks Foot Bridge, um, and then upstream, uh, it's kind of a myth that you have to be at the finish line to catch the excitement, as you would in other sports. It would be more uh, relevant to be at the finish. in rowing, you can you can catch them because it is a head style race. It's not a side by side race, although passing is permitted and encouraged. Um, this is a race that's timed. Uh, each boat uniquely has it has their own time, and then the computer will decide who the winner is. So the person starting last could potentially win the race. Right, right. Yeah. So so let's talk about that athletic side then for for a minute. Um,
2: The the regatta is really well known for, you know, the single skulls, the championship eights. Uh, Who are some of the big competitors that are going to be racing this year?
3: Well, we have a good field. Um, I I actually had the um, tough assignment of going to Switzerland this summer to recruit uh, some of the uh, international crews that were at a World Cup event in Lucerne. And uh, so our our top uh, name crews, in addition to the um, world champion U.S. women's eight, uh, and, and the men who, who finished very credibly at the world championships um, in Bulgaria. Uh, we have uh, two men's crews and one women's aide from Germany, plus another four uh, of women uh, rowing from Germany. So uh, they'll be coming en masse, as it were, because that's a big reward for them, I think, to, to come to the head of the Charles. Um, and then the Dutch, we have a great relationship with the Dutch uh, National Federation. Um, the head coach is a friend of mine, um, Mark Imke, and, and he's going to bring two men's eights over um, for the first time. We've always had university clu- crews from from Holland, um, but this is the first time their national team is coming. Uh, on the, on the single-skull side, we have a good participation from both men's and women's uh, uh, sides. Uh, the New Zealanders are very loyal to us, um, uh, as well as um, uh, a Canadian. Um, we have a Just, Newton native, right? Sorry, Newton native, and a as well. Newton native. Yes, we don't want to forget <laughs> our silver medalist from Rio, uh, Jevy Stone, uh, who who is um, taking a break from medical school and starting to train again to uh, to try and go for Tokyo. So we're we're really pulling for Jevy. and based on results from last weekend's race, she's she's pretty tuned up. She she has won it, I think, a record eight times, and um, is going for her ninth. So she would be in a category by herself. Wow. So then on the business side, you talked earlier about the sponsorships. They're obviously really
2: important to yes. the operations of the regatta and making it happen every year. Uh, so talk a bit about some of your sponsors for this year. Uh, what What's new? What's exciting?
3: Yeah, I know every event like this, um, if, whether it be First Night or the 4th of July Pops concerts, we really rely on corporate support to help uh, pay the rent um, and, and make sure that we're putting on the best event. BNY Mellon is our... Um, presenting sponsor. And we're totally indebted to them. Um, they've been with us six years and they've just signed on for another uh, renewal period. Um, and they are a-, a blessing to have on board. Um, and I think it's a, it's a good relationship. They, they have a-, a strong presence in Boston, over 3,000 employees here. So it-, it gives them an event to, to own, as it were, and then in addition to them, uh, our longest, uh, next longest, uh, or probably longer than even BNY, is Brooks Brothers, our premium apparel company. Um, they sell uh, a lot of merchandise on site. Uh, they've been with us nine years, going on 10. Uh, so that's a great relationship. Um, other than that, um, new this year uh, is Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, Alexandria Realty, um, in addition to... Um, Aston Martin, who was uh, with us for for the first time last year. So we've got strong corporate support, and that just makes everything run smoother. It means we can invest in infrastructure, timing equipment, taking care of our volunteers, because without those volunteers, the regatta would come to a stop. Right. And and we were talking earlier about Harvard Pilgrim, who's going to be putting together some kind of interesting human-powered cider press. I have seen pictures of it, but they, they will have a display at the Weeks um, uh, footbridge right off of uh, Memorial Drive where uh, you can get a, a free cup of cider and it's, uh, there's a, a, a cider press on a, on a flatbed truck that is powered by uh, human power on bicycles. So that, that'll be interesting to see. That'll definitely be interesting. Yeah. So still on the business side, then, the
2: head of the charles is obviously a huge contributor to the local economies in Boston and Cambridge. Right. Uh, you have all the tourists that are coming in spending money at the hotels, the restaurants. Uh, what do you think the impact is of the regatta on the economies of the two um, cities?
3: I'd say um, we, we do a survey every year with our uh, friends from McKinsey. Uh, and then we've teamed up with um, uh, Pat Otello this year to do a renewed uh, uh, analysis of the economic impact. And the, the basic the the big number, if if you are looking for a uh, you know an overall economic impact, is around seventy to seventy two million dollars um, for the for the uh, if the event were not held here, there would be a dearth of, of seventy two million dollars in impact. Some of that goes directly to the state uh, in sales taxes. Some of it goes to hotels and and lodging or uh, and, and restaurants and, and meals tax. Right. Um, and some of it is, is you know, trickle-down uh, salaries um, and direct spending by sponsors. But um, it's a great number. Um, it's not in, you know, it's probably uh, half of uh, the marathon, uh, but they have 30,000 runners and we have 12,000 competitors. So, we're, you know, we're only a third of the size in, in terms of athletes. Right. Uh, the Regatta is obviously a great community event, too. Uh, anyone can
2: come, watch for free. But there's also a strong charitable component to the race, uh, talk a little bit about the learn to row events that the
3: regatta puts on. Yeah, we're excited this year to be teaming up with Community Rowing up upriver, um, just below the uh, Newton Yacht Club there, uh, to to use their barges, and we'll be hosting uh, middle-aged uh, uh, school children from the West End House with Alexandria Realty uh, as the as the host um, partner for that event, and and teaching uh, these kids to learn to row with some coaching from some very, very accomplished rowers from from international uh, uh, sculling uh, uh, world championship fame. Uh, We did a similar event with um, West End House last year. We taught them how to learn to uh, to row on the ergometer. But this year we thought we'd go one step beyond and put them on the water. So we're going to do that with um, Alexandria Realty uh, Equities. And then Harvard Pilgrim, I think, is going to be, uh, collaborating with the uh, Boys and Girls Club and, and doing a similar program.
2: That's great. So my last question for you, Fred, what are you looking forward to the most at the 2018 Regatta?
3: Uh, well, um, I don't r- like to talk about this, but I do check the weather uh, from time to time, starting in about 10 days. Right, And uh, it's every event planner's um, uh, worst nightmare because you can't control it. Right. Uh, it's out of your control. But um, we've been blessed with good weather. Um, I just enjoy seeing all my friends from all over the country and all over the world come and race and, and have a good time. It's, it's really um, a, a very high-energy weekend, um, not only for me, but for everyone uh, who, who attends. Right. Well, thanks very much, Fred, and we're all looking forward to the regatta. Thank you.
0: again to fred for joining us now two minutes with tom hey, here we are here we are cayenne tom how are you i'm good are you ready for two minutes with tom
4: oh way on air i hope we're going to talk about something fun i mean it's always politics or policy how about something Well, you are fun? the resident
0: expert on that around here but we did we figured we'd talk about <clears throat> how great boston is what a great sports city
4: oh it's a great city it's a great city for sports.
0: Great Commonwealth for sports. Sorry,
4: the Patriots a, are a, out in Foxborough. It's, well, it's a great state. That's right. But uh, the Foxborough Patriots playing Sunday mm-hmm. in Chicago, out in Chicago, one o'clock in the afternoon. Probably going to be cold. Uh, it'll be it'll be chilly, but it'll, it'll be fall like um, perfect football weather and a perfect day for the Pats to back and be five and two.
0: That would be nice. It would
4: be great. Um, and the Red Sox. I mean, what, what could be more fun than to watch our Red Sox? Out in Houston, winning two games in a row tonight, the third. And, uh, you know, and then we have a, a great weekend of activities.
0: Ooh, we got Head of the Charles.
4: Head of the Charles Big for two legata. days, Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Which is the second most watched sport in the greater Boston area. Really? Yeah. Do you know what I the first one is? I did not
0: know
4: is? that. No. Yeah. Marathon. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so it draws a great crowd. It's a lot of excitement. And Saturday and Sunday are supposed to be beautiful and Lots Again, fall-like. It'll lots be wonderful.
0: OA team will be out there.
4: Yeah, that's right. The OA team is doing work for. Yeah.
0: For, uh, you know, it's for it, that
4: activity, and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: In light of everything, and then we've <coughs> got the Celtics playing, we've got the Bruins playing. Just October in Boston or in Massachusetts. It's just. Celtics, Bruins,
4: Red Sox, and Patriots, they're yes. all four playing. And
0: Ooh. then we're going to add on Head of the Charles, and then we've got the boxing match on Saturday ah. night.
4: And I hope people, I, I don't know if this plays today or win, but the weigh-in for the boxing match on Friday night is today over at the Boston Harbor Hotel. Yeah. It's terrific. We've got a, we've got a terrific feature uh, fight, but we've got like 10 other sub-card fights at the Boston Garden. It'll be, it'll be very special because boxing is coming back to Boston.
0: Something for everyone this yep. weekend. So go Sox.
4: Go Sox. Go packs, Go Bruins. Go Celtics. Uh, do go you have rowers. a favorite rower? I, I don't. Of okay. All of them. Yeah. Go you want all them all them. to do well and be healthy and get <laughs> some get some tan on their on their on their faces. Um, that's right. And and of course we have uh, a great weekend of activities, sports activities for everybody that has a choice. Thanks, Gaien.
0: Thanks, Tom. <laughs> That's it for our 20th episode of OA on Air. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in and subscribing. We're having a lot of fun here, and we hope you're enjoying it too. And a special thanks to our producers, Brooke and Ashley, and the whole team here for everyone's hard work that makes this podcast happen each week. If you haven't subscribed, make sure to do so. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, our website, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Talk to you next week.